Welcome to another episode of the Eagles Water Cooler. Uh, we have with us tonight Andrew and Matt Devlin, the brothers Devlin. Uh, Mike is out of town on vacation. We hope he's enjoying himself. Uh, maybe he'll get a chance to listen to this and give us some, give us some feedback. Uh, but we are up against it now. It is uh, week one of the NFL season. Uh, the Eagles on Sunday will play the Washington football team, as they'll be called this 2020 season. Uh, and they uh, come out of the gate here. The Eagles do uh, traveling down to, to Landover, Maryland to play the Redskins uh, up against a team with a really fierce defensive line. We'll touch on that today. Uh, but they also come up on a team that has a new coaching staff. And we'll touch on that today as well, uh, with the Eagles being uh, the only team in the NFC East with a returning coaching staff, uh, at least head coaching and, and the important positions. Um, but as we move forward here, uh, let's talk about things that have happened. Uh, we did a lot of which is more likely discussion last time that we met for our podcast. And so many of those uh, would have just been nullified by so many injuries that the Eagles have suffered since. Uh, the most pressing or uh, probably the, the biggest name in that injury list is Jalen Rigger, who's uh, torn his labrum during a scrimmage. Uh, down at the link and Rager will be out for at least a game. Uh, there was very talk, the time frame of what that would look like. Uh, some people said two to four weeks. Some people say he would just miss one game, but uh, certainly as the, the first round draft pick, he's somebody that we were all hoping to see as fans. And then the other one is uh, Will Parks, who's one of the safeties, a veteran coming in that they signed uh, from Denver. So a couple of big injuries there, uh, changes uh, as far as, that's concerned, but also more importantly, before both of those was the injury to Andre Dillard uh, at left tackle during practice, um, which created a whole situation. Uh, and now Jason Peters will be sliding over from his intended position at right guard to left tackle. In the meantime, there's been reports of Lane Johnson being injured, Miles Sanders being injured, Carson Wentz being injured. Uh, I'm to believe a lot of those are just uh, taking precautions with those kind of key players to make sure that they're ready for game one. So moving forward into our conversation today, we're going to figure at least those three, uh, Lane Johnson, Miles Sanders, and Carson Wentz will all be on the field Sunday. Other names were Derek Barnett. Um, there were a few others on there that, that people were concerned about. And, and Doug even reassured people uh, that any of those day-to-day -day and all of those were uh, players were going to be uh, playing in game one against the Redskins. So, um, Let's get to talking about the matchup uh, with the Redskins because that's, I think, what's probably most pressing. But before we do, let's preset it by saying, you know, touching on what I, I mentioned before, that the Eagles are going into a situation where the Redskins have a new coaching staff. And I think that although they have a fierce defensive line, and we're going to touch on that in a minute, I think the Eagles are at, a, at an advantage uh, right out of the gate. I also think that the Redskins are at an advantage in a sense that they brought on a coach who's a veteran coach in Ron Rivera coming from Carolina, uh, former player. And so he's coming in with some experience, but he's a defensive coach. And I think he's going to really put a lot behind his defensive line. So those are my thoughts as far as just kind of setting things up. Certainly we'll talk a little bit about um, the defensive line, as I mentioned, particularly Chase Young and also Dwayne Haskins and the sort of day he had last year against the Eagles when it seemed like he was heading the way of being a bust uh, as a draft pick for them. So uh, let's start off with, with the D line. And, and as it pertains to the Eagles with Jason Peters now moving to the left tackle, um, how are you feeling about the, the chances of our O-line being able to stop Chase Young, Ryan Kerrigan, Jonathan Allen, um, really the strength of that Redskins team. Let's start with Matt. Yeah, Chris, I, I'm a little nervous here, okay? We're, uh, we're talking about three first-round picks in uh, Montez Sweats, Kerrigan, and uh, Chase Young. Uh, it, it's – Washington has stacked this line – and with 
the topsy-turvy of moving this guy to there and that guy to here. Um, I'm not confident in our offensive line right now. I got to be honest with you. Um, Yeah, I I love, uh, you know, Peter is moving back to the left tackle position, but come on, the guy's almost 40 years old. Can we rely on him? Can he pull to get Miles Sanders the lane? I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I'm not too worried about it. I, I think, look, the guys that are – obviously we didn't think that Dillard and Brooks were uh, going to be unavailable, that, or at least Dillard, unavailable this soon. But look at the guys that are replacing. You know, you still have Lane and Jason at the at the corners there. Uh, Kelsey in center. Selmalu's got plenty of experience. And Matt Pryor, you know, I think he's going to be – is he slated to be the, the starting guard? I think so. Um, yes. Anyway, he's he's got experience too. So the steel line of the Redskins, wild, talented, young, athletic, they're nothing that, you know, these guys really haven't seen before. So I think my concern was, even before the injuries, was this was just a, a strange camp, right? There, there didn't seem to be as much juice coming in. Um, you know, following them day to day, like we're, we're used to, I, you know, I, I think was, you know, that access was limited. So I think my general concern was just the uncertainty and the, you know, the, we haven't had the, the look into camp as we've had in the past. So just the uncertainty, I think was, was more of a concern, um, than the fact that there seems to be some early moving pieces on the offensive line. We've dealt with that for what seems like the last several years. Um, with putting people in and out of, of that offensive line. And, you know, they've been pretty solid, I would say, over the last few years. And I agree with you, but they haven't restocked. Our, our depth chart isn't good right now on the offensive line. One of those go, one of those guys goes down in the first game, and, you know, we, we may be struggling early on. And I, I hate to say it, I, I don't want to say it, but, you know, it's a reality in uh, – in this world, if one of those starters goes down, uh, not a lot of depth there, Andrew. Yeah, and that's that's fair. But if we're just looking at the the matchup, you know, on Sunday against the Redskins, I don't think it's, we can worry about, you know, who's going to go down then. Um, you know, if somebody goes down on the on the Redskins D line, they've got nothing in the back. So, um, look, I, I get your concern, but. You know, I think we'll be okay. Chris, how are you feeling about the, the line here in this matchup against the Washington Z? Yeah, I, the thing is, I think the, the age factor of what Matt was talking about does come into play for me when I think about uh, Lane uh, being, I think he's 30 or 29. Uh, Kelsey is up there. Jason Peters, obviously 40. Sam Malo's a younger player. Uh, Pryor's a younger player. Um, and, and the thought is that that right guard position will just be okay with Pryor playing there. And I know he played in Brandon Brooks' place, excuse me, in the playoff game against the Seahawks and apparently played good from the snaps that, um, that he got. But at the same time, I don't feel totally confident about that particular position. And if they have some versatility and also some youth on that Redskins or sorry, the Washington defensive line, that they might try to flip players around, put them in the middle and target that weak point on the Eagles uh, offensive line so I think there's going to be some challenges there I think my my biggest fear is that their youth and and that their speed especially with uh, Chase Young uh, rushing against Jason Peters their youngest fastest rusher against our oldest hopefully tried and true um, you know corner there uh, on the corner there blocking the blind side the hope is that he'll be able to hold up and and I think we may see that kind of day from JP my gut tells me that there's a lot of hype around Chase Young but Jason Peters has played a lot of football and everything else notwithstanding that he may get beat once or twice but I really think that everybody is like breathing the sigh of relief that he was over there um, because of what he was able to do I think if there is pressure it might come up the middle and I think Wentz does struggle in those situations um, but we may see him on the run a little bit in this game. And, and that may be because of a shaky O-line where they may use a, a tight end to chip. Uh, but I also do think Wentz might want to see what he can do and kind of make plays outside of the design, knowing that he might not have all that protection. He might be more willing to scramble. And we know uh, what he can do when he does that. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So 
Um, let's hit on, I mean, as far as other things with, with Washington, I think the strength is really there. Obviously, this is a team that uh, struggled last year, had uh, the highest draft pick. Chase Young was number one overall. Two overall, sorry. Uh, so, you know, being able to be in that position, they're, they're a team that's uh, probably rebuilding isn't even the word. They have a new coaching staff. There's lots of new factors. But one of them uh, that was drafted in the year prior by, excuse me, the staff that was there in Jay Gruden is Dwayne Haskins, the quarterback, who last year looked like a, an utter bust for them uh, and came into, I think it was in Philadelphia, came in and threw all over the Eagles. I don't think it was actually now that I say that. I think it was down in, in Washington because they debuted uh, last year against the, the first game was against the Redskins at home. So either way, Dwayne Haskins threw all over the Eagles secondary and almost, you know, maybe made the Washington football team think twice about whether or not he was a bust. Uh, so I'm hoping that with the Eagles defensive line, which we can certainly start off talking about the Eagles there, uh, that they will be able to put some pressure on him as a quarterback who's had some experience in the league, but a lot of it's been bad. So I don't know if either of you guys have thoughts on Haskins, either coming out of Ohio State or uh, coming into this game Sunday. Chris, um, yeah, I, I am not as worried about Haskins as I am um, Terry McLaurin. I, I think he's a phenomenal receiver. I think if uh, you get the ball up to him, he's, uh, he's going to get it. Uh, six foot, 210 pounds. Uh, the guy can run, too. Uh, had uh, – 58 receptions as a rookie, seven touchdowns on an awful, awful Washington team. So I, I'm more worried about um, Haskins getting to him through the air than Haskins himself. Andrew? Yeah, uh, I have uh, zero concerns or worry about the Redskins – or I'm sorry, the Washington football team's uh, offense. Haskins is – middle of the road at best, that would be a compliment. Um, I would say and agree that Terry uh, and uh, Terry McLaurin had a, a great rookie season, um, has some talent, but that's it. Antonio Gibson at the running back position, maybe a young talent, but he'll, he'll do nothing. Uh, let me read some other wide receivers here. Steven Sims Jr., Dontrell Inman, Isaiah Wright. Yeah, no, none of these players – scare me um I, i'm not concerned and i think uh while the concern might be their defensive line our defensive line i think is stronger our secondary is much stronger this year i don't see terry uh you know blowing by slay and um you know uh nicole ruby coleman back there so uh i i'm okay chris what are you feeling yeah, and I don't know how much Terry played out of the uh, slot. And maybe maybe if he does, then then Nikel Roby Coleman will be the guy on him. But I actually think this might be the first example we see of Slay uh, traveling with somebody because McLaurin is uh, the only weapon, really, that, that Washington has. So I think we might see, you know, in the best-case scenario, Darius Slay traveling with Terry McLaurin all day and hopefully shutting him down. And um, for Haskins, his former college teammate and, and that connection that they had last year, and really uh, Terry McLaurin exposing the Eagles secondary. I hope that's something that we can see get tidied up this year, especially having Darius Slay in the fold, um, that, yeah, the rest of those wide receivers are, are no name. So they should be able to, to really shut down the offense. Um, they've also uh, lost Adrian Peterson as well as uh, Darius Geis for separate reasons, obviously. Uh, so their running uh, attack is not what it was. And I think, if anything, it's going to be the defense that poses the most threat. Um, I think, and I'll bring this up again a little bit later, but I think the screen uh, and the screen game in general plays a role this week, and that's both um, screens to the running backs as well as to the tight ends. Um, but let's get into some uh, some – questions here and well actually you know what let's talk a little bit about some headlines some possible headlines for uh, Monday morning so looking into the crystal ball thinking about the future waking up on Monday morning the 14th and looking into uh, some 
of the beat writers in Philadelphia and what they had to say about the game. What is the headline that you see in your crystal ball, in your mind's eye, whatever you want to call it? Uh, let's start with Andrew. Mm, good question. Creativity on the spot. I don't know, probably some play on words with the uh, pandemic maybe or, or the Washington football team name. But, um, you know, I think they're going to be positive headlines. Uh, it's going to be an Eagles victory. And we'll get into, you know, predictions and scores later. But um, it, in my mind, it's just going to be uh, ho-hum kind of game um, and ho-hum kind of season off to a good start type of headlines. Nothing too crazy here. Matt? Uh, Ertz scores two touchdowns for Eagles win. That that will be the headline. Um, Chris, you, you've been saying it all uh, podcast that uh, we, we got a new coaching staff in place. It's a more defensive coaching staff for the for Washington um, and they got that stellar defensive line um, I, I I think we just pop past him off the line and uh, he's going to have a stellar day uh, they're not going to know what hit him but uh, Ertz will come up big and that's what the headlines are going to read Chris yeah I see something like um, something like Wentz and the run game get the, the victory, but Chase Young is a bad man. Uh, I, have, I have a strong feeling that we see Chase Young prove his draft stock uh, in this game. And it might not just be against Jason Peters. As I said before, I think he'll move around. He's a weapon for them. Um, and I think we might see him make some, make some plays. Um, and I hope we don't, you know, but uh, that's, that's a fear that I have based on our main weakness and their main strength. So just, you know, moving away from – basic storylines here. I wonder as we move into this game, where we think the uh, offensive firepower is going to be. So I kind of feel like I got it out of Matt's headline there that it'll be Zach Ertz. And I wonder maybe you can comment on if you think Goddard will play a big, Goddard will play a big role in this game or not. Um, but Andrew, I wonder where you think, you know, the Eagles will strategize to, to try to score some points on this Washington team. And I looked this up earlier, and, and of course now I don't have it in front of me, but the Eagles have uh, kind of declined in points uh, since the Super Bowl. I think they were maybe middle of the pack last year and, and maybe even further back the year before. So, you know, I think it would really benefit them to, to go out and, and put up a lot of points, even against a bad team. That's the kind of showing that I want to see. But, Andrew, how are they going to go about it in your mind? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I think what they put up um, 30, 32 against them at the start of last season. So, and that was, you know, uh, what would have been a good sign of offense to come. Um, obviously, Deshaun went down and then I think we lost two straight. Um, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a revamped offense. Uh, you've got a, a, a full year uh, under Miles Belt, brought in some new receivers, Deshaun seemingly healthy. Um, the, but with Rager down and, and Alshon down, um, I think you're going to see, and this is who I have as, a, as kind of a dark horse this game, is like a Greg Ward type. You know, there's going to be – they're going to throw 30-plus times no matter what, um, whether that's out of the, the screen game and you're going to, you know, maybe get Miles with a couple more receptions than, than usual. Um, but I see Greg Ward as kind of this slot weapon that had a strong end to 2019 – uh, a seemingly strong camp. So there's no doubt in my mind that he's capable and, um, you know, will be the source of offense um, outside of maybe Ertz and Sanders. Matt, who are you thinking other than Ertz? Um, I'm sticking with Ertz, but you bring up a, a good point. Deshaun went off before he got hurt. Uh, nine receptions on 10 targets. 159 yards for two touchdowns. Uh, the guy had a stellar game last year and unfortunately got hurt after that. Uh, so, yes, I would love him to go off. I would love Ward to go off. But I think this is going to be battle in the trenches and Ertz, you know, gets us out of those trenches. I, I think it's going to be short little passes to Ertz, uh, five, ten yards. Uh, yes, We'll use Goddard as well. I think Goddard is a great blocker, but against this defensive line, I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, but 
I think it's one on the tight ends over the um, wide receivers. Andrew? Yeah, just a quick comment on Goddard. I mean, I, I like the guy, but I think I'm lower on him than a lot of people. I think the expectations for him are super high. Um, but I, honestly, I thought he was pretty disappointing last year. I thought there were some key drops that he had. And while I think we, we, we see the talent, I think we want it more than maybe there is. So um, I think I'm a little low on him, but, you know, would be happy to have him contribute as well. You were just pissed off he got knocked out. Nah, come on. Nah, no, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> Holding that against them. Well, I, I really think – I mean, you guys both both make some good points. I, I think the, the bigger picture is going to come into play here, the fact that there is a, a kind of a strange offseason, a weird camp, as Andrew mentioned earlier. Uh, I think that both coaches and key players like Carson Wentz are going to be looking for more of a sure thing uh, and players that they can really rely on. Uh, run designs that they can really rely on those kinds of things so I personally think it's going to be the running backs I think uh, you might see uh, you know a, a nice mix but mostly Miles Sanders making a lot of plays I think catching the ball maybe even more than running it like Andrew was saying they're going to throw the ball a lot I could see a lot of screens but to the tight end point I think that Goddard one of his best values has been the way he runs the tight end screen. And that when he's in the open field with the ball, just he's an athletic guy and he can make plays. So I wouldn't hate to see that, but I kind of agree with Matt. I think Ertz will get a lot of targets just because of the, the um, limited off season and, and the familiarity that, that Wentz has with him. He, he can rely on him exactly. um, yep. as somebody, a weapon that he can consistently go back to. So I think that's, that's worth taking into account, but um, I think, for me, the run game, and especially the combination of Miles Sanders and Boston Scott, I think that'll be really what moves the chains, mostly because I think things will be sloppy. There was no preseason, all the other factors in consideration, and I think that's kind of old-school, simple football, and those are the types of plays that they'll go to. Go ahead, Andrew. Uh, let me just piggyback off of some of those sentiments with a little bit of a hot take going into this game. So, you know, you're saying it's going to be a sloppy game in the trenches, run game's going to be important. How about this? Corey Clement winds up being the Eagles' leading rusher at the end of the game. Whoa! I, I, hey, it's, it's a hot take, but I could I could really see it, especially because he's also somebody who runs those wheels and screens well. So I do like I like the take. Um, I wouldn't bet on it, uh, but but at the same time, I think he might have a better chance to do that. Uh, than any of the others just because I think they are going to try to spread the ball around and I even though I think they might try to go old school I, I do think they're going to try to stretch the field whether it's through Deshaun or we'll touch on John Hightower in a second go ahead Maddie. yeah Andrew I I love the hot take but I'm sticking with my tight ends listen I I know you're down on Goddard but he st still had 58 receptions for 600 yards and five touchdowns last year that's pretty good production from a backup tight end. I mean, you can't deny that. That's fair well, for, I, for a total, but what, were they impactful? Well, and I think he's got, he's got the size and he's shown in the open field that he, he's got a little bit of wiggle to him or he'll run people over. And that's something people don't see from Ertz. But the idea, to go back to Andrew's point, that you could substitute one for the other, I think is ridiculous. So uh, just because I think what they – what the offense demands of Ertz is, is so much more than it does of, of Goddard. That's my, just from watching as a fan, that's my personal opinion. But let's talk about the idea of opening the game up through the receivers. And we're more talking about uh, the, the run game and, and possibilities of, of tight ends making plays. You know, I hope that Deshaun is able to have a big day, but let's talk about these other receivers in, in J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and John Hightower. Are we expecting to see much from either? I mean, there's good reports out of camp excuse me, about J.J., his development in the offseason, and uh, by all accounts, uh, targeted a lot by Wentz, seems to be a favorite target of Wentz. Um, I think there's a possibility he could make an impact in this game. I see maybe, um, you know, like a four catches for 36 yards kind of a day, but they might be important Alshon-like catches where they just need to move the chains. Um, so as far as that's, you know, my expectation, I guess, for, for JJ, but as far as just, he's concerned, what are your, what are your thoughts on him? Cause he is going to get some time on Sunday for sure. Let's start with Andrew. Yeah. I mean, I think he's had a little bit more time, um, this off season to develop a little bit of a rapport with Carson, with some of the injuries with Rager going down with the shoulder and Alshon being hurt still. And, um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, the jury is still out. He was he was a high draft pick, and you know I think expectations were high. I think they're almost zero at this point, and anything you get from JJ will seem like a win. Um, I think in this game, whether it's whether it's him or whether it's Hightower, I think one of them is your guy that kind of gets that those four or five qu- catches um, for maybe 30, 40 yards of important um, important plays. My guy, as I said earlier, I think is going to be Greg Ward. Um, but, you know, looking past that, um, yeah, I don't know. Who cares? If it's J.J. or Hightower, I, I, I would like to see both of them succeed. And I think both of them have the, the skill set. So let's see if, uh, if one of them can, can take the reins on this, you know, third or fourth wide receiver position. Matt, thoughts there? Um, come on. Uh, JJ is not going to last on the Eagles. He's a bust. I, I, I already see it. 57th overall, and he had 10 catches for 169 yards and one touchdown last year. Come on. We, we, need, we needed more, especially – with all the injuries, with Deshaun going down, with Alshon going down, and he did not step up. He's got good size to him, 6'2", 225 pounds. He's a thicker run, uh, thicker wide receiver, but um, he he's not going to last. He, he's not going to make a, a difference this year. Um, he's a bust. That's what I'm leaving in that, Chris. So uh, I think I think that's interesting. I. I... Based on his stat line, you're absolutely right. I mean, he, he seems like he is that kind of player. Um, there are some good reports coming out. You can believe those for what they're worth. There was no preseason. There's been a shortened offseason. All those things in consideration. I'm curious, Matt, if J.J. Ortega-Whiteside scores a touchdown on Sunday, will you be surprised? Will you be like, doesn't matter, doesn't affect anything? Uh, or will you see it as like, hey, they went to him. He scored in the first game. It seems like, you know depending on the type of game he has, will you be open to it? Or is it kind of like the door's closed already? Chris, I will take the touchdown. It's just how many targets does he have and how many receptions does he have? That's the stat line that's more important to me. Yeah, and I think how he's used in the offense is something that's, you know, up in the air for all of us. We know what his skill set is. We know what he was drafted to do, make those jump ball catches. Um, and we'll get to this in a little bit. But um, for me, that's something that I would really love to see Carson do is throw a jump ball, whether it's to JJ or anybody. Throw a jump ball, throw a fade. Um, show me that there's some finesse with these these uh receivers especially some of these new weapons so we've talked a little bit and I think Andrew continues to make a good point about Greg Ward I can't believe I neglected him when I talked about the wide receivers and I think based on everything else we've talked about mostly familiarity that'll be something that Wentz really looks toward him and Ward clearly had a connection last year we've talked about it on this podcast before maybe it's Ward being a former quarterback maybe it's just them having all that time together um, but I do think he's an impact player this weekend. I, I think there's a chance as a hot take. I think Greg Ward may lead the Eagles wide receivers in, in um, yards this weekend, just because I think there's a chance, depending on, the way the game, Love it. depending on the way that the game goes, he might stack them up. You know, uh, there might be one, you know, to Deshaun, one here or there that, you know, over time, I could just see Ward kind of matriculating more yards. I'm not saying he's going to go deep like Deshaun, don't get me wrong. Um, but at the same time, I think he could just stack that up. And Wentz has that trust factor with him where if maybe Ertz isn't on the field, maybe Ward is his next target. Um, let's talk a little bit, though, about this idea of what the Eagles defense is going to present. We touched a little bit on Darius Slay and hoping to see him maybe travel with Terry McLaurin and kind of shut that option down. But I have pretty high expectations for this D-line facing the Washington offensive line and Dwayne Haskins at quarterback. So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts of what your expectations are for Sunday, if it's one of those days where they really go off, or if it's just one of those days where they're chasing them a lot. Uh, or if they're kind of slow to start. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, no, actually, I have this is uh, in that hot take round, but the Eagles D-line will have over five sacks on Sunday. They're going to eat. Um, you've got Cox and Hargrave uh, banging in the middle. And I know Barnett was uh, injured a bit, but he'll come out flying. Brandon Graham will come out flying. And I don't – there's nobody on their offensive line that scares me. I think this is an energetic – young, hungry defensive line. We've got depth back again, um, and I think they're going to dominate the, the line of scrimmage over five sacks for the D-line. 
Matthew? Absolutely not. <laughs> not over five sacks, but we will get after the ball. Uh, we will uh, we'll, we'll do a lot on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I, I, I think it's a game one in the trenches again. I think it's uh, low scoring except for a, a couple, you know, uh, big play balls down field. Maybe Deshaun comes out with one. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Andrew. It's it's going to be defensively one, but no way over five sacks. Five so, what's, so what's your line? You think the, uh, you think the Redskins you, offensive line? I'll give you, line, I'll give the you four about, and a half. I won't give you five. Oh, All that's right? that's bull. Come that's, on, that's a Vegas, I was curious. That's a Vegas move. I was curious and looked it up. Now I don't think this is the all-time record, but just last season when the Eagles played the Jets, they recorded ten sacks as a defense collectively. So um, I don't think it's out of the question to be honest. The um, Washington offensive line is is bad. Um, and I, I think on top of that, with, with Haskins behind them, uh, I don't have a lot of confidence that he'll be commanding that offense uh, because he doesn't have a lot of options, basically. Other than Terry McLaurin and, and sort of a lacking run game, he doesn't have a lot to turn and give the ball to. So I think that if the – especially if the Eagles can hit the ground running and get after him early, I think five sacks could be something that happens. And, and if it does, hopefully it gets spread around. So with that, let's use that as a uh, segue here. Um, do, do we think going into this game? So Andrew's saying five sacks. How do you see that? How do you see that spread around Andrew? Do you see that as being like Fletcher Cox gets a couple, Brandon Graham gets a couple, or do you see it like everybody's got one all down the line? Um, yeah, I see, I see, uh, I see three between, uh, Fletch and Hargrave, whether one has two and, and the other has, has one. I, I see three before between them one with Brandon um and then I'm gonna give Barnett one on the opposite side as well so that's okay. your five right there I don't think you're gonna get a sack from a linebacker um if they do a, a safety uh cornerback blitz you know I don't know if they get there for a sack but um I I, I think is good at those by the way McLeod is really good at those by the way he's like I think he's batting a thousand as far as like getting sacks when he goes. They don't throw it off. Schwartz doesn't. That I should say. Yeah, um, and, and I think they'll. Like they'll I think I think they'll do that if if Slay is shutting down McLaren and their offense is stalling out. Like you might see a couple jail breaks um, mm -hmm. throughout the day. So mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, it's over five sacks and more of those come from maybe a, a, a secondary guy. I got a I got a hot take to send back your way, but I want to go to Matt first. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, um, to Andrew's point, uh, pro football focus has the Eagles offensive line at number 10 overall, has the Washington uh, offensive line at 29 overall. So definitely a struggling offensive line. I don't know with new um, clientele in there as far as coaching goes. I'm not, I'm still not seeing five sacks. Um, they have kind of a defensive coaching staff. I think something that's going to be interesting in this game is that the, the Redskins are coming in with a really defense, defensive heavy minded, I guess you could say coaching staff in Ron Rivera as the head coach and Jack Del Rio as the defensive coordinator. So I think they're going to really try to flex the defense. And I, I would venture to say they probably paid a little more attention to tweaking their defense to make it really sharp um, than than they did maybe their O-line. So I, I do think that they might be uh, on the weaker side as the rankings would suggest. But I'm going to throw a hot take back at Andrew and say that I think Josh Sweat has at least two sacks on Sunday. Ooh, two. Um, I, like, I like Josh Sweat. I think he's one of these guys that has dealt with injuries in the past, but he's got some game, uh, somebody who can come off the edge and make a play. I do think uh, it will get spread around. I think that it will be a multiple sack day, but I think he's somebody he's been raved about uh, all camp. When he was drafted, he was drafted as kind of a steal. Um, and everybody's kind of saying that he's developed into that kind of a player who's constantly making an impact. So I think he might be a player who, who starts the season that way and kind of makes all our heads turn on Sunday. That's a little bit of a, a little bit of a spice to take there, I guess. I'm not saying more than anybody else, but, you know, certainly another player might have two if there's only five. But um, I like that hypothetical number. I keep going back to that. Go ahead, Maddie. Chris, uh, what's Hardgrave's status right now? I thought he was – That's a great question. 
That's a great question. And, and it seems like he was one of those people who was day to day, maybe was week to week as things were going through, but Doug will speak tomorrow. And that's the, the trouble of doing a, a Tuesday night podcast, I guess, when they're going to do a press conference tomorrow, but we'll find out a little bit more. My understanding was he was lumped in with some of those other players that we talked about who were being held out. Uh, he did have a pec injury from a workout, but the belief was that he would be healthy by game one. Um, he's a big dude. So, there's a chance I guess he might not be. If he's not, I'm glad that we have Malik Jackson there. But certainly Hargrave as the big acquisition, other than Slay in the offseason, um, somebody I want to see next to Fletch making plays. So if he's not out there game one, I think he's part of that bigger group of concerns that's that injury list for the Eagles. Yeah, um, I'm looking at the uh, depth chart right now. I'm seeing Hargrave's banged up, Barnett banged up, Ridgeway banged up, Curry banged up. Um, I, I, I still think, you know, we get the win, but five sacks, Andrew, not going to happen. Whether, well, or not Hargrave, <laughs> whether or not Hargrave plays, still five sacks plus. That's, that's a real double down you just did there. But at the same time, you know, if, if Hargrave doesn't play, Malik Jackson can still make, you know, a big impact. And, and by all accounts, he was one of the most disruptive defensive linemen all throughout camp. So I think he's healthy coming back off the injury. He only played in game one last year in 2019 against the Redskins. So I think he's going to look to make a statement. Um, but let's move on to a couple uh, just which is more likely questions. Andrew, if you have any hot takes you want to sprinkle in, let me know. So let's go with this one. Uh, speaking of Josh Sweat. Uh, which is more likely? Matt, we were doing these last week, just two scenarios. Which do you see being more likely uh, as it pertains to game one versus the Washington football team? Uh, Nikel Roby Coleman has a pick six or Josh Sweat has a strip sack. Matt, I'll start with you. Oh, that's a good one. I want, I want both of them. Can I choose both, Chris? I guess I can. Um, give me uh, give me the pick six with Roby Coleman. Uh, you know, I, I just opening day. There's nothing better than a pick six. Yes, I love a strip sack. Don't get me wrong, but a pick six on opening day, nothing better. Andrew. Yeah, well, good thing because you just got, went on and on about how they're not getting five sacks. So if you went for a strip sack, he that that would have been a flag on the play. Um, I'm going to take that, that Josh Sweat strip sack for sure. Um, like I, like I've been saying that D line's getting after it. Um, do I see a pick? Yes. But I actually see that coming from Slay. Cause I think they're going to try to force it a little bit too much to McLaren. So I see Slay with the pick, um, given the advantage then to, to sweat for that, that strip sack off the, off the back end there. Okay. I like that. I like that. I like both opinions and, and I understand Matt steering his decision the way he did based on his disbelief that the Eagles could amass. So between real quick, Matt, I just want to kind of point this out. If JJ Ortega Whiteside scores a touchdown and or the Eagles amass five sacks, we got to figure something out there. I feel like those are both things that you really were like, there's no way. And who knows? Who knows? All right. Um, Chris, uh, smoke brisket on me. All right. We may need your smoker, but I'll, make it uh, I'll bring the brisket. Okay. That sounds good. I'll make that happen. All right. One more, which is more likely. John Hightower catches a 50-plus yarder for a touchdown, or J.J. Ortega-Whiteside has a 100-yard day. So, again, that's uh, fifth-round pick John Hightower, who I think has potential to kind of break out in this game because he would have been buried behind Rager in other circumstances, and he has that same speed, that he'll have a 50-yard-plus touchdown or that Ortega-Whiteside will have a 100-yard day. Andrew? Uh, yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a high tower 50 yard, um, catch. I think Deshaun's going to stretch the field. I think Zach's going to keep the, the guys tight underneath. So I think there's going to be actually a lot of room for some big plays. Um, I, yeah, JJ a hundred yards. I, I think he would need probably six to seven catches for, for that to happen. Uh, and I don't see that. So give me that high tower, uh, 50 yard completion. All right, Matty, we got. Oh, I sorry, go ahead. Know, I, no, I think I know where Matt's going. Uh, no, I, I think I got to uh, go with you there. Um, uh, Jeffries is uh, is healthy, right? He, he's going to be uh, wide receiver one. JJ's behind him, correct? 
Well, I, I think that kind of remains to be seen. That might be something we also learn from Doug's press conference tomorrow. My impression was that they, they activated Alshon rather than putting him on the pup list because he would be healthy sooner rather than later, but not game one healthy. That's my, again, that's strictly my impression. Um, but that notwithstanding, Matt, are you thinking Hightower? Yeah, I, I think Jeffries is healthy. Uh, he's going to be the number one there. Um, I got to go Hightower, but come on, let's let's get Greg Ward in the mix here. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, Chris? well, I, I think yeah. I, I think there's like we said, strong possibility that that could happen. And some of these, I'm trying to make them like crazy outliers just to see which you think uh, I guess is more likely to happen. But um, I, I wanted to get to uh, players of the game, both on. Go ahead, Andrew. Let me slide in here just because we're talking about receptions, receiving yards. Um, hot take. DJX has over 100 yards receiving. So does Miles Sanders. How are we wow. feeling about that? What a day that would be. And, and truthfully, you know, when we'll get to our players of the game, our, our Gruden grinders, whatever you want to call them, uh, as we get to the end here. But um, I, I think that would be – if we see that kind of offense, I think we're in store for a really prolific season. If that, if that winds up being the case, um, part of me thinks that uh, depending on how the D line is able to get after Wentz and the offensive line, that might be really hard to amass, but who knows, Maddie, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I think a uh, hundred yards from Deshaun, a possibility, but uh, Sanders, you're saying uh, through the air? I say all purpose yeah, receiving, receiving. Uh, receiving. Absolutely not. I, I, that's, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's not going to happen. Uh, it, yeah, it, it's, it's not going to happen. Uh, combined I've heard dumber. Receiving and rushing, yes. Sanders over 100, but uh, not 100 receiving yards. Chris? Thank God this is recorded. <laughs> Cannot wait for Monday. Matt, I was going to say, Matt, stamp that out. So let's just, let's keep the tally going. Should Deshaun Jackson get a hundred yards receiving <laughs> and Miles Sanders get a hundred yards receiving? Should JJ Ortega Whiteside score a touchdown in this game? Or should the defense amass five sacks or more? Uh, those are, those are three big claims you've had here, Matt. So we'll, we'll hold on to those. Like, like Andrew said, I'm glad that we're recording also. Um, all right. So, I'm going to hit you with a couple of finish this sentence type questions. Um, maybe just one for time's sake, and then we'll get to our uh, players of the game and, and some predictions, maybe a dark horse or two. All right. I touched on this earlier, so I've already kind of gone here. I've said something I want to see out of Carson on Sunday is him throw a, a fade, kind of a finesse pass to somebody, showing that connection, showing somebody's ability to go up and win. Um, in kind of a vertical way in the end zone, because I, I see Carson is more of this kind of dart thrower. I want to see him show some of that connection with a player and, and maybe allow somebody to go up and make a play. Um, so that's something I'd like to see from Carson on Sunday, uh, other than maybe staying healthy. Maybe we'll put that on the shelf that we all hope that he stays healthy. Uh, Andrew, what's something, and I know I'm just throwing this at you now, but what's something you'd say, boy, it's something I'd love to see Carson do on Sunday is blank. Uh, hold on to the ball. Uh, I'd like to see zero turnovers from him, especially fumbles. Um, I think we saw him, you know, whether they were turnovers or not, him put the ball on the ground what seemed like every game. Um, so I would like to see a little sh uh, sharpness, um, especially in the pocket. I would like to see zero turnovers from Carson. Matt, thoughts? Yeah, I'd like to see him uh, avoid the sack. You know, move up in the pocket, throw the ball, or just take off downfield. Uh, why not? I, I think he's still got speed. Uh, even with the injury, I, I think he can still uh, giddy up and get upfield. And, you know, when he feels that pressure on him, I want him to step up in the pocket, make the throw, or I want him to, you know, scamper out. Chris? Yeah, and I, I think we may see Carson in that situation, maybe because he's running for his life, uh, but we may see him having to create with his legs uh, often. And and I do think there's a possibility, maybe it's not a hot take, but I think there's a possibility Carson runs one in for a touchdown this weekend uh, on that count, just kind of scrambles one in. Um, and it could be a third and goal, fourth and goal situation where he's, you know, uh, incredibly successful stat for stat. But um, 
let's talk a little bit about each person's uh, viewpoint. And we've touched on some of these as we've gone through. I know Matt's mentioned uh, Zach Ertz. I think Andrew, for his offensive player of the game, is probably going to say Greg Ward, if I, if I had to guess. Um, I guess mine would be Miles Sanders based on what I've hyped up with the run game. And, and I, I do think he'll have maybe a bigger uh, – I'll say this about Miles Sanders. He may have a bigger receiving day than a run, uh, rushing day. I could see Corey and, and Boston Scott kind of mixing in the rushing stuff. But as far as – Matt's giving me the no way. But as far as uh, defensive players, because I feel like we've all touched on our offensive players of the game. Andrew, who are you seeing as your defensive player of the game? Uh, maybe this isn't creative, but it's going to be Darius Slay. First game as an Eagle, locking up the number one. I think he's going to shut him down. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, I see him with the interception. So – uh, not a dark horse, not a sexy pick, but um, I think Darius Slay, game one, will justify the signing, the the contract, all of that. And that's what I'm excited to see. Matt, you're deep, you're a deep player. Um, not original, but I – guys, I got to go Fletcher Cox. I mean, the, the guy is a future Hall of Famer. Yes, that's a hot take, but this guy is going to cause – so many problems for Dwayne Haskins in the middle that he's not going to know what to do with himself. It's only his sophomore season. He He's still learning. And Fletcher Cox is a veteran. And he is going to blow up the middle. And they have no running game. They're going to rely on the pass. Fletcher Cox is going to be a bully. And I'm going to love it. Chris? Uh, boy, I hope so. I, I think – all of us as Eagles fans, and I'm <laughs> speaking for Andrew and Matt here, I do think that all of us want to see Fletch take on that dominant role. And I know he's a player who makes an impact even when it doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but it is one of those things where it's been a while since we've seen Fletch really wreck a game. Um, and it would be nice to see that kind of thing. And I, I think if, if not him, it may be Malik Jackson, but I'm going to stick with my guns here. I'm going to stick with Josh Sweat. I really think he may have uh, not a breakout game, but he may have one of those games where we say like, wow, this, this guy, I'm not trying to make a spicier take here, but this guy is almost doing what we were hoping Derek Barnett would do in terms of just being able to create pressure all the time. Um, and both of them are injury riddled players, different styles. I understand that, but uh, I do think Josh Sweat stands to make a, an impact in this game. Andrew mentioned Corey Clement as a dark horse uh, to, to make a big impact on the game. Um, I wonder, Matt, do you have a dark horse to, that you think can make a big impact on the game? Um, well, I, I mean, I, I've spoke about Ertz a lot, uh, but I'm not going to go with him. Um, why not Jason Kelsey, you know? Why, why not him commanding the offensive line? It's a, a couple of different dynamics now. Um, to Andrew's point, if Miles Sanders is getting 100 yards of uh, receiving, there's going to be a lot of uh, plays in the slot. Uh, there's going to be a lot of screens, and that's going to be Kelsey getting outside and commanding that. Um, so, yeah, I would I would go with Kelsey. You know, he's the leader of that offensive line. It's, it's a little different, and uh, he needs to command it. I don't know if this uh, would really count as a, as a dark horse, but something that came up earlier, and I've been trying to think of a way to work it in, maybe I'm forcing it, you guys will let me know, but I actually think Doug Peterson as a veteran coach is going to be kind of a dark horse element in this game. And I think something we might see him do is try the same play twice based on trust with his players and just uh, trust in his system and that sort of thing where we go – you only do that if you have that sort of comfort level. So that's, that's a little bit of a darker. It's not so much Doug, but his familiarity with his players and his willingness to take a risk, basically, uh, based on that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of twist that a little bit. And I know I'm, I'm stretching the rules a little. Let's get to some predictions. Uh, Sunday, 1 o'clock, Landover, Maryland. Uh, the Eagles are going to be debuting. Uh, all of the NFL will be starting. It's a glorious weekend that I'm sure we're all looking forward to. Um, Let's kind of open it up. Matt, what is your score prediction for this weekend, uh, Eagles-Washington? Um, I am going 24-13 uh, Eagles over Washington. Not too high scoring. I think defense plays a large role. I think COVID plays a large role. These guys, you know, they're not up to uh, fighting speed. 
no no preseason games, uh, no scrimmages. So I, I think it's uh, – I call that low scoring, uh, and that's where I see it. Andrew? Yeah, yeah. I, I have 24 10 birds. Um, I did have 31 10 birds, and then I, I brought it back because it is, it is game one. Um, again, as we've, we've mentioned, the, this offseason just seems a little, a little stranger. Um, so what I see is a, a very slow, probably sloppy first half. Maybe it's tied going into halftime, but I see the Eagles after halftime really taking advantage um, of a weaker Washington football team. Um, and then with a slight pick and five sacks, bang. I'm really, I'm, I'm loving these takes. Uh, I am going to uh, make a note of all the ones that we've talked about tonight and, and uh, we will refer back to them uh, as we get together for either the post game or the preview of, of game two. But as far as my score prediction, I'm going to say 27-13 birds. Uh, I do like the idea of the run game making a big impact. Um, I'll say, I'll go as far as to say, I see two of the touchdowns coming from uh, rushing plays, uh, maybe one for Corey and one for Miles. Um, I do see Deshaun Jackson having a big day, uh, but I see it being close to start and mostly close for the sake of everything else that we've talked about, the lack of um, preseason, lack of you know extensive training camp and off-season protocol. So uh, just football getting back together and things being a little clumsy at first, but 27-13, uh, is what I'm seeing. So we're all seeing a, an Eagles victory and a 1-0 start to the year. Uh, let's hope that that's the case. We will get together at some point next week to uh, wrap up this game and talk a little bit about game two, which is going to be the Eagles hosting the Los Angeles Rams. Um, not sure if you guys have been watching Hard Knocks. Have either of you been watching Hard Knocks at all? Um, they're focused yeah, on the, the Los Angeles teams, the Chargers and, and the Rams. And, um, man, Aaron Donald just like a bad guy. He's just a bad, bad man. So I'm, I'm very interested to see uh, how the Eagles offensive line, which we talked about extensively tonight, uh, will handle that kind of a pass rush. But uh, with that, we'll say uh, let's get that W and go Birds. Let's go Birds. Go Birds. Let's go.